Wonderful to see you this morning again. Happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers. We've got some new mothers that have just recently become mothers. And I thank the Lord for you. And uh, we honor you today in the, in the name of the Lord. What God's called you to do and to be. Amen. If you did not pick up one, there are roses in the foyer for each one of you. And from each one of the mothers and grandmothers, if you feel free to grab one. We are, this is a Mother's Day message today. There's no doubt about it. God, I don't always do Father's Day messages on Father's Day and so forth, but the Lord did give me a very, very simple word today. I pray you just dial in and listen to it. I believe the Lord will speak to you and bless you through it. Uh, I want you to open with me in your Bibles to Psalm, I mean, Proverbs 22, verse 6. Proverbs 22, 6. This is our main text. You could quote it probably. I'm not going to share with you anything you never heard before. I'm going to share with you what God has given me to share with you this morning for all of us. Thank the Lord when you turn there for my mother. And she is such a blessing to my life. And she makes all our Sam's runs for us for the church and for us. And she makes cookies for uh, every Wednesday for the boys at the Parkview Bible study. And uh, so many uh, wonderful blessings to my mother. And I thank the Lord for her. I want you to look at Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. It is a, it is a commandment with a blessing. It is a conditional promise. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when the Lord's part, when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I thank the Lord for the mothers in this church. I know uh, so many of you, and I know many of you very, very well, and for quite a long time, I've known you in the context of being in Christ and in the church, and I know that you love the Lord, and I know that you love your children, and I know how beautifully and uncompromisingly you seek to raise them in Christ. So nothing in this message this morning is a condemnation, it is an exhortation, an instruction to go back and rethink and, and be reminded of things that you know. Uh, I see how you with your children and love your children want them to serve Christ and know the Lord. More importantly, the Lord sees it. Amen. He's going to honor that. But that word trained in Proverbs 22 6, train up a child in the way that he should go. That's your responsibility. Mothers and fathers, grandparents, grandmothers, and grandfathers. It's your responsibility to train up your child or your children in the way that he should go. We're talking about spiritually, not just being, uh, you know, uh, doing well in school or athletics or making wise business decisions. I think all that would be included. If Christ is first, God will certainly take care of the rest. Amen. But train up a child the way that he should go. It means to discipline your child. And a lot of people are afraid to discipline their children. I would say from, from the word of God on behalf of the Lord, don't be afraid to discipline your children. Discipline can take on different uh, forms. It could be too harsh, it could be too cruel, it could be uh, without mercy. But godly discipline instruction, the Bible says whom he loves, he chastens. It's a sign of his love for us to correct us and reprove us and, and withhold things from us that we think we wanted that God knows are not best. Don't be afraid to correct your children, to train your children, and don't be negligent to do it. Maybe not afraid, but you're just too busy, you're too tired. It takes effort to be a parent, amen? takes effort to, to pour consistently and, and daily and 
moment, every moment by moment, into your children. Don't be derelict of your duties and negligent to discipline your children. Uh, don't be permissive and just let things slide. You said, uh, if you do this one more time, you, you know, you're, you're going to your room. They do it one more time and we're too tired to fool with it. We, we don't deal with it. Don't be uh, permissive with your children. Be holy in your discipline. Be merciful like the Lord is merciful. And discipline your children in, in the love of God. Amen. For the true love of the Lord. He'll help us to do it. I wanted to read this one verse of just about discipline. The rod and reproof give wisdom. The rod and reproof give wisdom. Proverbs 29, 15. But a child left to himself brings his mother shame. Isn't that a good verse? The rod and reproof give wisdom. It's going to bring wisdom to the child. The child doesn't know that's their child, okay? You know that they're a child. You know, you're not going to treat them and try to hold them to the standard you hold an adult to. But they're a child. They need to be taught. They need to be trained. They're going to learn something. They need to be trained in the right way and in the ways of God. They're absolutely going to learn something and become something. Okay? Whatever pours into their life and most influences them, it ought to be mother. I say mother and father, but this is a Mother's Day message this morning. The rod of proof give wisdom. A child left to himself brings his mother shame. And we don't want to bring, it also brings the Lord shame. And it brings heartache to their own lives. So this word training means to discipline. It also means to dedicate. To dedicate. And I'll, the first person I think of in the Bible in a way is Hannah. When she had not had a child all of her life, she and her husband Elkanah, and she prayed, wept bitterly, and poured out her soul to the Lord in the tabernacle. The Lord, if you will give me a son, if you will give me a son, I will dedicate him back to you. I'll give him back to you and he'll serve you all the days of of his life and the Lord blessed her that time by next year the Lord had given her Samuel who was dedicated to the Lord uh, from a child before he was born amen we're going to need the wisdom of God so I want the children to listen as well the, the children you know teenagers to listen as well my son hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. In other words, they're going to bless your life. They're going to decorate your life and bless your life and characterize your life when you listen to what the instruction of your father and the instruction of your mother. Hold on to it. They're doing the best they can, children and teenagers, but they're also doing it if they believe and see fit in the Word of God. And that's the most importantly, the Word of God. Amen. And so mothers, I'm just going to speak to you a little bit. This is going to speak, uh, this is the way that the Lord gave it to me this past, um, this past week when I was praying. So I'm just going to speak it like God gave it, okay? Mothers, train your children. Speaking directly to the mothers. Train your children in the ways of God. Train them to know the Lord and to fear the Lord all of their lives. Dedicate them to the Lord. Dedicate them back to God. Whatever age they are, if they're not born yet, you're in, they're in your womb. Dedicate your children to God. Give them to God. They are set apart to the Lord. Give them to the Lord as part of training them. We were listening to, uh, at Peter's graduation yesterday, uh, the, the keynote speaker was, was uh, lieutenant, retired lieutenant general in the Marine Corps, uh, John Whistler. Whistler was his name. He was talking about he had six children, 
And he says, I've loved every one of them every day of their life, even before they were born, I loved them. He says, I didn't always like them, but I loved them. He says, and at times he had to speak to discipline and instruct and correct. That is a sign that we love them. Mothers, love your children with the love of the Lord and train them to know God, to serve God, dedicate them to the Lord, and teach them and discipline them. I'll just start with some of the, the characteristics of that godly life. Some things, you know, we like how-to things. Can we a list of things? Well, God's Word gives us lots, and I don't claim to have them all here. I have them as God gave them to me. Mothers, train your children to pray. Teach them to pray, okay? Teach them to what it means to prevail in prayer. Pray with them and teach them how to pray. Teach them the Bible. Teach them the Word of God. Teach them to know it, to read it themselves when they're able. Teach them to study it. Teach them to obey it. Teach them to share it with others. Teach them to love it. Teach them to love the Bible and love the Word of God. And I would say on those two things, and really on all these things, the prayer and the Word, I would say, mothers, make sure that your children do it. In other words, don't just send them off with some instructions and you go do your thing. Stay in their lives. See that they pray. See that they read their Bibles when they're old enough to read, or look at their little picture Bibles when they're little children. See to it. Don't just assume they're doing it because you told them to. This is not being legalistic. This is not being fair stable. This is life, okay? This is what God said. Jesus said the words I speak, their spirit and their life. He tells us to pray without ceasing, amen? He tells us to study our Bibles. We just can't assume that, that, that that's what they're doing when we tell them to. Just stay in their lives, okay? Stay in their lives and stay in their lives when it comes to their prayer life and reading the Bible. Teach them about sin. Teach them, they're little kids, and over all the ages that they grow up through their teenage years, teach them about sin, the deceitfulness of sin, that it looks good, but it's really not. Here's what God says. He says it's going to look good. It's going to appeal to you in some sense. That's why people sin, because it appeals to them. Teach them the deceitfulness of sin. They're behind it. There's a pretty veil and a pretty mask on the front that looks really good, and you take it, and, and you go for it, and you try that sin, and there's a dirty side to it. There's a sinful side to sin. And teach them the folly of sin. Teach them the dangers of sin. Teach your children the end of the unrepentant sinner. Sin, when it is conceived, bringeth forth death. That's what the Bible says. You have to take my word for it. It's James 1.15. Sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. Teach them about sin. Amen. Teach them to love with others with the love of God. These are in no particular order. Teach them to love others with the love of the Lord. Teach them to, uh, to forgive as they have been forgiven by the Lord. Not to hold a grudge against brother or sister or anybody else, a friend at school that hurt their feelings. Teach them to forgive as they've been forgiven and not to hold grudges. Teach them to take an interest in the lives of other people. That it's not just me and my little clique and my little world and what I want. Everything surrounds around me and revolves around me. Teach them to take an interest in the lives of others. Teach them to esteem others better than themselves. 
You teach them that. You tell them that. You go to the scriptures and you show. And you talk to them. And you give examples. And you say, here's how we do this. Here's how you could have done this. Here's how you can do it when we go to the nursing home this afternoon. Teach them to prefer others above themselves. Teach them to help other people. Teach them to serve in God's house. When my child's just a child, teach them to serve in God's house. Teach them how to serve with the kids' choir or to help when we're bringing chairs out on the back porch for a dinner on the ground. Teach them how to serve in God's house and teach them how to do it with joy. But everybody's packing chairs out and they're old enough and strong enough to pack a chair. They can put down their football for a while. I love the kids playing in the front yard. Don't get me wrong. I want them to do it every service. But when there's something to take an interest in, take a note of that and jump in and help. Teach them that. Teach them to get their to get their eyes off of themselves and to put them fully on Christ. Life doesn't revolve around me. It revolves around Jesus Christ. You're going to be a whole lot more joyful when they come to know that. Amen? Life is not all about me and everything I want every second of every day. It's about God and pleasing God and serving the Lord. Here's a big one. They're all big ones. Teach your children, mothers, to make decisions based on the Word of God. I'm going to date this person, their teenager. Well, are they a Christian? No, but I don't know if they are. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. Don't date them. You're a Christian, you ask for well, don't pay the, un the unbeliever. That's just an example. Teach your children to make decisions in life based on what's right or wrong according to the Word of God. What's wise or unwise according to the Scriptures. What's good or right or wrong according to the Bible and to the Word of God. That's the final criteria. That's the final decision. You teach them to go there. You know, some point when you're not as much every moment of the day in their lives, and then they'll have that leading them through life. And then they'll train their children that way. Teach them to make decisions based on what does say of the Lord. What do the scriptures say? That's our final decision. That's what settles it for us. Amen. The step, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. He teaches them that. God's going to order your steps and you do, and, and you delight in the Lord in his, in his way. Wherewithal shall young man cleanse his way? David writes in Psalm 119 by taking heed thereunto unto thy word. How am my way going to be clean before the Lord? By taking heed to the word of God. So you teach them to make decisions based on the Bible. Teach them to come to know, to come to know the voice of their good shepherd. Teach them to, to come to know, this is Jesus. This is my Lord. This is my Savior. This is him speaking to me. It's imperative, it's essential for adults and children to come to recognize, discern, know the voice of the, of the good shepherd. He says, my sheep hear my voice they follow me. But we do come to better know that voice the more we walk with the Lord and heed him. Amen. Teach them to honor their mother and their father. Teach them to honor those that are in authority over their lives. And give honor to whom honor is due. I, I say this, and 
You know, we have wonderful parents, couples in our church. Bob and Rachel, Chris and Jenna, Eric and Stacy, Diana, and others that help with the youth. But that's the four main couples at this time in the life of our church that are ministering regularly to the youth. And I, I, you have to teach, parents teach your children when they go into that house, they go to Eric and Stacy's house, you know, can I help you take the trash out, Mr. Eric? Thank you for supper tonight. Thank you all for making that. Teach them that. Teach them to be courteous. To look them in the eye. Shake their hand. Thanks for having us tonight. It's important. These are godly things, but they have to be taught. If it, a child left to himself brings his mother shame, you just let them go and assume they're going to turn out okay. They're not. God, by the grace of God, they might, but they're not just going to turn out okay. Just left to their own. Teach them about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They're saved. You prayed with them to be saved, perhaps, as a child. Teach them now about the comforter that the Lord has for their lives. And this gift that he has for them. Teach your children to repent. I remember talking to our boys about it. Telling our boys when they were little about repentance. I think William or Peter, one of them, said, Dad, it just sounds good. I said, well, it is good. And we, we turn to the Lord. Teach your children to repent. Teach your children to confess quickly to God when they sin. Don't spend all day and then forget about it. As soon as we sin, and we realize that we've sinned, God certainly warned us beforehand to teach them to repent quickly and come to the Lord and turn back to Him. Amen? And they're going to also see that when, we, when they do that, you teach them the love of God. The forgiveness of God. And you forgive them. And parents, don't you hold a grudge. Your parents, your kids did something wrong. You reprimanded them. You corrected them. You told them, here's a scripture. This is why this is not right. But then you, you say, go to God. They for, God forgives them. You forgive them. And move on and have a happy day. Don't let the whole day be characterized by something that they said that was, you know, disrespectful or whatever five hours ago. Forgive them like the Lord forgives them. For thou art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Amen. Teach them that about God, and then you be an example of that yourself. Teach them how to be a witness to others. Amen. To take an interest in the souls and lives of others. To be soul winners. To share what they know as much as they know of Jesus with the people around them. They're responsible for that. They get that privilege as well. We talked about it last week. Teach them that they're in the world but not of the world. That's a big one, huh? You know, because they're around in your Christian schools. They're around people all the time. I would say a majority that probably aren't truly born again. Some are and some aren't. And there's going to be all kinds of influences that come against their life. Teach them you belong to Christ. You're in this world, but you're not of the world. And you're to live accordingly to the word of God. Teach them to be thankful and content with such things as they have, whether they have a lot or little. Teach them to be thankful for what they have. Teach them to have a good work ethic. The word heartily is unto the Lord. All these are backed by scriptures. Whatsoever you do, 
do it heartily as unto the Lord. Teach him if it's worth doing, then do it. If it's not worth doing, don't do it. Okay? If it's worth doing, don't do it halfway. If you're going to do it, then do it and do the best you can. Learn and grow, whatever, and have a good work ethic. Put your hand to the plow, so to speak, and, and do it, whatever it may be, if it's in the, the will of God. So teach him how to work hard. Teach them, here's one that personally I want to share with you as well. Teach your children how to prepare to come to God's house. Teach them. Now, I think you show up. You just show up. You're cramming them in the car, you know, making sure you get past this, that, and the other, and you're, you're rushing off and you're 15 minutes late because, you know, it's hurting cats. I understand all that. But teach your children how to come to prepare to go to God's house. You're getting ready to send them off to some kind of camp or the military or whatever. You know, this is what you can expect and get ready. You know, we need to prepare ourselves, children and adults, to come to the house of God. We need to be on time. We need to come knowing this is why I'm coming today. We're coming. Yes, you're going to see your friends. You're going to have a wonderful time throwing the ball in the front yard. It's going to be wonderful. I, I love that. But we're coming to worship the Lord. We're coming to meet with God. Miss Steve's going to be teaching your Sunday school, or Miss Amber's going to be teaching your Sunday school in there. You know, come ready to meet the Lord. Come ready to worship the Lord. Get all your fighting and fussing done before. Put it, put it to rest. Put it under the blood of Jesus. And come in here and, and teach you how to get a good night's sleep beforehand. You know, Saturday night, I'm not trying to be legalistic, but I mean, we're, we're going to get up and go to church. You need to be as prepared as you can be in, in the importance of that. Amen? Teach your children how to come to the altar. Come with them. And then let them learn to come to the altar. Teach them how to tarry at the altar and wait on the Lord and for the Lord. Teach them what that's like. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So we have scriptures for these and we, we tell them and teach them how to wait. Teach your children how to give and to give sacrificially. In other words, give when it, it costs something at times. To give of their time, to give of themselves, to give of their substance, to give of their, their money. Teach them how to give to God and to the things of God, even when it's costly. And to do it with joy, not grudgingly. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. Teach them that. You get to give this to the Lord. And you cannot outgive God. You cannot. I'm telling you, the Lord said, you cannot give outgive God. Give to the things of God and see the blessings. And teach your children that. So it's not a big struggle later in life when they got a lot of money and all of a sudden they get a part with $10,000 or whatever. Uh, it, it's a big struggle for them. Teach them how to give as a child of what they've been blessed with. I said their time, themselves, their attention, their, their finances as, as they have. Give to the Lord. Amen. Teach your children about the rapture of the church. Teach them. When's the last time you told your kids you might be raptured today? Are you ready to meet it? Do you know the Lord? You know, when's the last time you talked to your children about the rapture? The Bible says it's a blessed hope for who? For the church. It's a blessed hope for the church. Not a blessed hope for a lost man. 
and teach them that it could be today. Remember when we would drop our boys off at school, when they were young and we were bringing them to elementary school and we would drop them off, he would say, I might meet you in the class today. She's driving off and they're golfing in the class. I might meet you in the class today. You be ready. Teach them about these things. And then teach your kids about heaven and hell. And who goes there? And how does one get to heaven or end up in hell? Teach them that. Here's one that goes right with Alberto's message. It was wonderful this past Wednesday. Teach your children to seek Christ first. To seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Take time. You have everyday examples in your own life and in their lives to teach them. But we're going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We're going to put him first. He's not going to be co-equal with my academics or my sports or my friends or finances or anything else. We're putting the Lord first. So anything that's not honoring to God, we're not doing it. Anything. Well, what about this? Everybody else is doing it. They're Christians. They do it. We're seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. They'll answer to God for themselves. I'm not their judge. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And you serve, seek first His kingdom and righteousness. And then teach them what that means. Teach your children to lay up for themselves their treasures in heaven, not on earth. Teach them that as a child. What do you think one day when you're 25 is going to click and all these Christian virtues are just going to be part of their lives and we learn and we grow? Someday you have to be born again, but after you're saved, you, you learn and grow. And, and we have the responsibility, mothers have this responsibility. Teach your children not to lay up treasures on this earth where moth and rust corrupt and thieves break through and steal, but to lay them up in heaven where for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Have your most valuable treasures right there in heaven with the Lord. Your heart will fall the line long and be right there with the Lord as well. Teach your children to endure hardness as a good soldier for Christ. You're not always going to be the most popular. Sometimes maybe you will be, and God will cause you to find favor like a Daniel or Joseph in the Old Testament. But a lot of times you won't be because of your Savior and your walk with Him publicly. Teach them to endure Hardness is a good soldier of Christ. Teach them to rejoice when they're persecuted for Jesus' sake. Teach them to endure uh, afflictions and trials, knowing that though men may forsake them and leave them, and friends may not be their friends anymore, Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Tell them about that and let them know. Teach them their great need for the Savior. You need him. You need him to get you to heaven, and you need him every moment between now and heaven. Teach them their great need for the Savior. Make sure that they're born again. And here's what I would say about this as much as it's possible. Every individual, at some point, your child, your children, will have to make their own decision for Christ. They have a free will. God created them in His image, and they have a free will to choose Christ or reject Christ. What I'm saying is this. You make sure as much as possible, as much as you can, as much as lies within you, make sure that they choose Christ. 
much as you can, make sure that they choose Christ and know Him. It's not enough that you get them to church. It's important that you get them to church. That's a must. But you must get them to Christ. You must get them to Jesus. And all of these things that I mentioned, I'll say, mothers, you're going to need the Lord. Teaching, teaching the children all these things and a thousand others that I mentioned, you personally are going to need Christ. You must be born again, mothers, and you must be uh, receive the endued with power from on high. You must be able to lead them in the things of God. Amen. You must walk humbly and happily with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can, by the way. He gives more grace. Amen. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But I'm simply saying, in order to give this to your children and to give it the way God would have you to give it, with such patience and love and forbearing and enjoying to represent Christ rightly, you personally are going to have to have a holy, humble, happy walk with Jesus. You are going to day by day need to be separated unto God. You need to be spirit-filled and spirit-led in your own lives. You need wisdom from on high so you can speak wisdom to your children at every step along their lives and their journey. You need humility <coughs> to serve God humbly, and you need humility before your family and your children to admit when you're wrong. Mama was wrong about this. I was too harsh. I was too, it was this. I was wrong. Maybe they saw you do some sin, watch something on TV you shouldn't. Did this was wrong. Mom, mom was wrong about this. I've asked God to forgive me. Please, you forgive me. You need humility at the times that we're wrong before our children. And they need to see that. Amen. You need a strong prayer life. You need the grace of God. You need a knowledge of God's word yourself. You know what your absolute best teaching, and I'll be bringing this to a close, you know what your absolute best teaching, all your life and all your children's life is going to be to your children, it's going to be your witness, your personal life and walk with the Lord. That would be your absolute best teaching tool that you have. We have the word of God, but how you love the word of God is going to affect how they love the word of God. How you make decisions based on the Bible in the way, God, I want to do this, but God's word says, no, don't do that. Do this instead. And they see you doing that, your life and your testimony. You, you can't tell your children to give and you don't give. You can't tell your children to come to the altar and you don't come to the altar. You can't tell your children to have a prayer life and you're too busy to have a prayer life or don't take the time. Your absolute best teaching tool will be your life. They must see Christ in you. They must know he's real in you, that he's real, that he's worth being served, he's worth and worthy to be worshipped, he's worth it. They see the worth in you and your love for God and your commitment to Christ and how you live every day, the good, the bad, the ugly days of your life, you're living for the Lord. And you must see the Lord in you. Your testimony for the Lord will declare that Christ is in you of a truth. Like Paul says. And Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Mothers and fathers, mothers, you ought to be able to say that to your children. You ought to be able to say, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm going to be, in Jesus' name, the best example of a Christian and a Christian mother to you. And they ought to be able to follow that example. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. The Lord told uh, his followers, he says, when all that the 
Pharisees bid you, do what they bid you to do, but don't do after their works, for they say and do not. They're telling you the right things a lot of times. Do what they're telling you from the word of God, but they don't do it themselves. Don't follow them after their work. Don't be a hypocrite. The word hypocrite means an actor in Greek. Don't be an acting Christian, an actor Christian. Be a real Christian and hold your children accountable to these things. It's not a one-time shot. All right, got to follow God. We're going to seek first. We're going to pray. We're going to read our Bible. And then that's it for 365 days. No, you have to stay in their life just like you need Christ to stay in your life and a pastor or a friend or a spouse or someone to help hold you accountable as well. And y'all, I would say this in a respectful manner, your children have the right to hold you accountable, not in some dishonoring way, but in a way, hey, Mama, you said, you said this, and look at what you're doing. They have a, the right, I would say, uh, to hold us accountable as well. As again, they will have to believe upon Christ themselves. You can't make your children be saved. But you can do everything you can do so they will be saved. So they'll be saved, so they'll walk and do well in the Lord. You don't want them just to be saved, you want them to do well in the Lord. You want them to, uh, to abound in Christ and to do well in the Lord. A couple more things in closing. Moms, you're going to be your, the first line of defense for your children, what comes into their hearts, minds, lives, into the, your home, you are the first line of defense. What are they watching on TV? What are they looking at on their phones? Oh, well, I'm going to give them their space. And, you know, don't give them too much space like that. Find out. If they show that they're responsible enough, that's different. Okay? But but in, in just in that sense, I know anybody can be overbearing, but you understand my point. Know what's going on in their lives. What are they watching on TV? Who are their friends? I would even say things like summer reading. I mean, we've got some of the most awful books that our boys had to read in high school, in a Christian school, and we read it, and we're like, this is this is emergent church. This is this is not Christian at all. We would I, I went up and talked to the uh, the people in the school. I talked to teachers. I talked to heads of departments and stuff. And maybe it did some good. Maybe it didn't. But we were, you know, know what they're reading, know what's going on, and you're the first line of defense what's coming to them. As much as you can, don't be negligent on that. Okay? Don't be negligent on that. They'll come to a place, preferably where they earn the trust, and, and that will be different. You're the first representative of the love of God and the reality of Christ to your children. Mothers, you are the first representatives of Christ to your children. First one. And the most consistent one is going to be you. You're the first teachers and instructors in righteousness of their lives. You're the first prayer warriors for their souls. And the first prayer partners for their lives. Prayer warrior for them and prayer partner with them. Bring this to a close. God gave your children to you. See that you raise them in Christ. Give them back to him. Don't worship your children. Worship God and teach them to worship God. They're not little idols. They're not to be a snare to you. They're to be a blessing to your life. You worship God. You teach your children to worship God. Your children are not your little idols. Train your children the right way. And the last definition of that word that I didn't give at the beginning, it means to discipline, to dedicate. It means to hedge in, to narrow in. I thought, how does that that work and, and expounding on it, if I 
I'm training my child in the way he should go. I'm building walls and barriers. Everybody today says, don't build walls, build bridges. When it comes to this, we need to build walls. You want to have them so hemmed in and hedged in and just everything about Jesus Christ is better and right and good. Okay? Not an arrogance, it's a wisdom. Okay? You have them hedged in so much so that they almost have to break if they want to rebel, they have to a lot a tall wall to climb over. Does that make sense? They're so boxed in. This is some 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 pastors I was reading some of their studies and commentary. You have them so hedged in and boxed in that they really have a tough time getting out of that. Do they have to choose Christ themselves? Yes. You can't choose Jesus for them. But you can train them up and build a life and say, this is the way we're going. This is the way to go, son. This is the way to go, daughter. This is the way mommy's going. This is the way daddy's going. This is the way we're going. And here's why. And here's the mercy of God. Here's the forgiveness of God. Here's the grace of God. And there's heaven at the end of the road. And have them so hedged in there that, that they're going to want to, when they come of age and accountability, they're going to want to choose that. They have to choose for themselves, but make it to where that they're, they're hedged in, because straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. Tell them that. Teach them that. Teach them that's, that's how it is, and hedge them in. I would say this, do it with all your heart, do it as unto the Lord, mothers, do it with the ability that he gives by the Spirit, do it by faith, and I'll say this, do it while you can. Do it while you can. Speak into the lives of your children and really be used by God as much as you can be while you can. That influence is always going to be there, but it changes and it's not always the same. And it can become less and other influences start influencing their life, lives more and more. The famous poem actually was this was not the original title, became the title because this catchphrase became, the refrain became so popular. Blessings on the hand of a woman, angels guard her strength and grace. For the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rock rules the world. You heard that before, the hand that rocks the cradle? That's an actual poem, 1865, by William Ross Wallace, and he did it in honor of mothers and how influential they are really in the whole world because of how they raise their children. I'm going to read a few more lines. Infancy's the tender fountain. Mothers first to guide the stream. From them souls unresting grow. Growing on for good or evil. For the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Women how divine your vision here upon our natural sod. Keep, oh, keep the young heart open always to the breath of God. For the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Closing with this, Charles Spurgeon, I've shared this before. When he was a child, his father was a minister. His father would travel a lot and minister. And on Sunday nights, he would leave the family home and travel by foot, or he would leave the house and go to preaching other churches every Sunday night. He would be abroad. One night, his father was very concerned. He got halfway down the road to where he's going. He says, I feel like I'm in danger of neglecting my own family. I want to go back and check on them. I'm going to preach to these people, and I'm in danger of neglecting my own. And he got back to the house, and the house was dark, and everything was quiet. 
and who silently set the voice of one, his wife was pleading for the souls of her children. She said, we're going to be all right. He said, we're going to be all right. I'm going to go back and preach now. His father was away from home a lot. He says every Sunday night, Charles said when he was young, his mom would, mother would gather the children together and explain to them the scriptures and plead with them to think about the state of their souls and to seek the Lord. It's not all just knowing that giraffe's head sticking out the heart that we talk to our kids about. Talk to them about knowing the heart. We talk to them about everything and why there was such a judgment upon the earth and so forth. But his mother would gather the children together and plead with them to think about the state of their own souls and to seek the Lord. He remembered this one specific prayer all through his life growing up. It made such an impact on him. He was a child. Now, Lord, if my children, and he, she mentioned his name, Charles, as well. If my children go on in their sins, it will not be from ignorance that they perish. My soul must bear swift witness against them at the day of judgment if they choose not to hold to Christ. And he said the thought of his own mother bearing swift witness against him before God. It, it says it pierced his conscience and stirred his heart to know the seriousness of this. It's a joy, mothers, to raise your children, but it's a joy to raise them to know Christ. There's a whole reason that you're in your hands is so that you may have blessed your life, but there God gave that child to you that you would bring that child back to him, to know him, that you can come. I'm going to close with that. The altar's open. I thank the Lord for our mothers. I want to ask this morning that our mothers would come around this altar and their families would follow them up. Husbands, children would follow them up. And I want to pray for them. I want, I want you to pray for it. Uh, children, pray for your mothers. Husbands, to pray for your wives. To lead the children as well. So the altars are open now, and we're going to do this tonight. Father, we just give this time to you, Father. I thank you. I thank you for the mothers that we have in this church that understand that you have called and commissioned, and they've needed the call to, to be that first representative of Christ to their children, to train up their children the way that they should go, so that when they're old, they will not depart. I pray you strengthen them. There might be areas where they have failed. There might be areas or times where they have failed. There may be at a loss in what to do. I pray that you give them wisdom from on high. I pray you give more grace to them. I pray, God, that you would renew their call and they would walk in it. To love their children with the love of the Lord, to instruct them in the way that they should go. I pray you bless their lives. I pray you bless the mothers in their life, their own walk with you, and Lord, their own prayer time, their own time at the altar, and their time in the Word, that you would guard that time and give them that time in the midst of their business, God. I pray that in every circumstance and situation, their children would truly see the Lord and their mothers. I pray they would be humble. I pray they'd be holy. I pray they'd be strong and not compromising when it comes to the things of God. I pray you help me to be gentle and not harsh. Pray for them. I lift them up before you, Lord. I pray that you would bless them, Father. Oh, come and 